RadioInfluence.com. Hello, welcome to another edition of The Rock Stops Here. Man, I tell you, this is almost like therapy for me to talk to you guys. And I hope you enjoy it and just kick back and relax. Whatever you're doing right now, tell your friends, we got to grow this bad boy. The Rock Stops Here. Okay, so... We are getting closer to whatever the new normal is. The NFL draft took place the last week, uh, at least that first round, and the ratings were humongous. Once again, it shows you how big the NFL is. You know, I still get guys today, oh, you know, from them kneeling, and oh, I don't watch the NFL anymore. Well, you know what? You're in the minority. Because the majority of Americans watch the NFL and follow it. And the ratings for the NFL draft were huge again. Huge again. It was the second most watched NFL draft on TV. Last year was number one because it was the first live big event on television or on your streaming platforms in the pandemic. Remember that when the commissioner was down in his basement and Bill Belichick had his dog uh, set up near the computer and and the Arizona Cardinals head coach with the fireplace and the mansion and and those socks and uh, looking his way and all that. And it was it was real interesting coming into the homes. And it was the first time we actually saw something sports related during the pandemic. But this was the second highest. The ratings for the NFL draft beat out the Oscars, beat out the NBA finals, beat out the World Series, uh, you know, actual games that mean something, and it's the NFL draft. Now, I, oh, 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 and by the way, we got a, I got a good guest. Now, he's not a household name. If you're not from the state of Florida, and even if you're from Florida, you probably won't even know this name, but it's because he fought. He was a professional boxer. He had a couple of titles. He was close to 50 wins as a pro. He won 149, 150 fights as an amateur, but he was a featherweight, featherweight, junior lightweight, the little weights. And so he never made the big money, but he fought. He's in the Florida Boxing Hall of Fame. Diamond David Santos. Diamond Dave because he sells diamonds. He sells jewelry. He's a very successful businessman and one hell of a hard worker. You know, I got plenty of stories with him. I've known him for years. How do, you know, so I'll tell you more about that. We'll, we'll, I'll bring you in Diamond Dave here in a little bit. I've been friends with him. Consider him a friend. Uh, great guy. Great guy. Father. Good family man. And now he's pushing 50 years old, 49 years old, and how big health, how important that is. We'll get into that in a second. But I just wanted to say that, you know, this was another step towards normalcy. I got my second shot, the vaccine. I told you guys about it last week. I ended up drinking some beers and dehydrated myself. (laughs) So I hurt for a little bit, little bit, sure, you know, six, eight hours. So you know what I mean? I pushed the envelope, but I'm feeling good. I'm two weeks now. I'm fully vaccinated. And it makes you feel a little, me anyway, me. And we're not going to get into any discussion and debate and it's political or it's a fake thing or you shouldn't get it or you never got a flu shot. You do you, you do you, I do me and let's move on. You know, that's how I see it. You do you, I do me and I'm going to live with it and let's live our lives because we're not here for long. Each every day, man, any day, any day, anything could happen. So anyway, it was the NFL draft. Now, I'm not crazy about the NFL draft. I find day one interesting. I cannot stay glued to my TV on a, on day two or day three. I find out, you know, from my teams what they did. Very interesting. I keep an eye on it. You know, I'm not working for one particular station where I have to as a job. So it's, I'm like a fan like you and I for this one. Uh, but day one, there's a very popular Buccaneer website, joebucksfan.com. They've been in business for about 13 years. They were newspaper guys. They came up with this idea 13 years ago and they have been very, very successful. 
They get a ton of hits. They bring in a lot of advertising. Uh, the gentleman that runs it's a very good businessman. They scour everything. They got Ira Kaufman. I had Ira on the podcast. He's a pro football Hall of Fame voter. He's been in the business for 40 years. Very entertaining. And so they were having their draft party. Now, I've done some work with Joe Buck's fan. I have a good relationship with those guys. Real good. And so I, I kind of marked it on my calendar. They were having a draft party. Now, I've been at a couple of these things pre-pandemic, out of control, in a good way, in a good way. Never seen anything like it. Saw a guy fly down from uh, Oklahoma. He shaved uh, in the, they had a barber there that was doing uh, carvings uh, in your head. Not not in the scalp. I mean, in the, you know, you, haircuts. Uh, oh, I mean, I, unbelievable. Well, this has been the pandemic. So now things are easing up. They had it at an outdoor place called Big Storm Brewing. And they got like 3,000 and some square feet outside with a big awning. And when it's outside and you're down here in Florida in nice weather and more and more getting vaccinated, wow. Wow, wow, wow. So I say, you know what? Let me see how the week goes. Let me see. Um, I might just, I just make, make, may show up for this bad boy. And so I did. And I knew that the A train, Mike Allstott, remember him? The battering ram, fullback with unbelievable balance. The A-train, Mike Allstott, good-looking dude, incredible player. So I knew he was going to be there. I don't know if they mentioned that in the public anyway, so I wanted to see him. And he will be an upcoming guest on this podcast, just to let you know. And pretty soon, you know. So anyway... um, I showed up right before 8 o'clock. I mean, maybe, you know, 7.50, 7.55, something like that. And I was walking in, and here he was walking out right to me. So he saw me, laughed, hey, man, gave me a big hug. And because I covered that team during that heyday, that run when they won the Super Bowl back in the day with Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and Rondé Barber and the Bull, Brad Johnson and all those guys and saw the A-Train when he came out of Purdue University, came to the Buccaneers and blah, blah, blah. So when those guys see me, it's a reminder of those where there are good times, you know, like when they had their Super Bowl run. Any Anyway, I saw him. How you doing? Blah, blah, blah. All right, man. I said, oh, I'm leaving. I said, oh, I'm just getting here. And he said, I've been here already for an hour, hour and a half, whatever. I said, oh, that's cool. I got to get you in the podcast, get with Rich. We got it. You got it. Let's do it. I said, beautiful. Because I knew he was going to be there. And I started thinking like, how can I get him? You never know how it goes with this. I, I've hit on, I've missed on some big guests just because of uh, timing, you know? And sometimes like, uh, might not get another second chance. You know, should I try to get him? Nah, we'll sit down and I'll go to his place and we'll have a nice little podcast. So anyway, it was good to see him. And there was another uh, website uh, that they do. They were broadcasting from there. And a lot of fans, I saw Tim Tebow jerseys, two uh, Tebow jersey jets. I saw some Browns, uh, different jerseys. And the, my whole point in this is, Man, you don't realize it until it's taken away. Like you cannot, there's nothing like partying, drinking beers, hanging out with the guys, busting balls, getting on each other, laughing, hooting and hollering when the draft and now with the number two pick, you know, when Goodell makes the pick and they're, oh, you know, you gotta be kidding me. This guy, blah, blah, blah. What's up with you? Hey, man. And like, there was nothing like it. I hadn't experienced that full blown like that in how long? I don't know, a year and a couple of months, you know? And it was, it was unbelievable. I came home, I sat out in the back and I was just like recreating the night on how much fun it was again. And just being with the guys and you're outside and you're drinking some brewskis. I knew a guy that worked there and hanging with him for a little bit. And just, it was just so much fun. 
it's like, you know, when you do that on a regular basis, you just, you, you take it for granted. And it was great. 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 I was like, okay, there's another step towards normalcy. You know, who knows if it will ever, will ever be the same, you know, security in this country. It's a little different. If you're going to fly things like that ever since 9-11, you know, it probably never will be uh, the way it was. Maybe you, but I think, you know, Howard Stern, I read something where Howard Stern, I used to love Howard Stern, the Howard Stern show. Oh my God. I, I was a huge fan for years and years and years. He's incredible. He was it. But I just lost interest. And, you know, I, I read the other day where he said, they'll never be, we'll never be back to normal. Never, never, never. Like he is a recluse. Even though the guy's got so much money, he does not like going out. He's never going back to his studio in New York. He's got his mansion in the Hamptons. And But I, I disagree. Like what, it will never go back to the way it was? We're, no, we, we, we are getting there. We are getting there. And it was just a great, great time. You know, the week before, I saw an outdoor concert of a, with a band, just outdoors, spaced. Everybody was spaced and just rocking out. And it just, oh my God, it just feels so good. It really, 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 really does. All right, let me, let me get to my guest. Now, his name is Diamond David Santos. I respect guys that even when they were in their sport, he was a professional boxer. He already was in the diamond business, the jewelry business, already selling diamonds, learning it. You know, I respect that. There was a former NFL player named Brad Culpepper. I got I to gotta hit him back up to get him on this guest because he's very interesting. He played on the defensive line next to Warren Sapp. He wasn't there in the years when the Bucks won the Super Bowl. He was pre that. He played at the University of Florida, even though he was friends with Brad Culpepper. I think he grew up in Tallahassee. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> with that rivalry, FSU, Florida. And, uh, but I remember he was going for his law degree studying while he was playing in the NFL. That blows me away. If I was ever good enough to pitch in baseball, major league baseball, there is no way in hell that I would be driven to still go be doing schoolwork and studying to get my degree or, or whatever, what my master's or something while I was still playing professional baseball. I, I just know me. I don't have that much of a drive. I really respect it. And that was Diamond David Santos. Uh, I knew him from being in the area and I knew he was just such a great boxer. And like I said, he never had the big payday. What are you hearing this? But also I wanted to find out how professional boxers, former professional boxers, I mean, pros, how do they feel about YouTubers like Logan Paul and, J and uh, Jake Paul making all this money? You know, how do you, how do they really feel? How do they really feel? And there's a couple of things to take away from it. And I've gotten the same answer from three. I did Willie, I interviewed Willie Monroe Jr., El Mongoose, look him up. Keith one-time Thurman. If you know boxing, you don't have to look him up, you know. And now my man, little Diamond David Santos, how do they really feel about these YouTubers? They've all had the same, pretty much the same answer. But anyway, enjoy this, and I'll hit you back on the other side. Diamond Dave, my man. Ah, Diamond David Santos. You know, even when you were fighting, you were Diamond Dave for as long as I can remember, man. Let's, uh, how you doing, Diamond Dave Santos? I'm doing wonderful. You know, I'm a diamond, man. I, you know, I can, I can only get better with age. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. How, how'd you make it through? How are you making it through with uh, with COVID, you and the family, and where we are now, a year into this thing? How you doing? We're doing fine. I mean, honestly, it's it's been, you know, um, you can't let anything like this beat you. So it's funny because... Uh, in the beginning, I, I had a, I went to my doctor. I, I do, I do, I see a heart surgeon every year. So, 
you know, I went in and he came, hey, and you put on some weight, a little bit of weight. And I'm like, hey, maybe it's that medicine he gave me. He goes, well, let me look at the charts. And it's funny because he looks at the chart and I was about pretty much the same weight the year before. I said, okay, it's not the medicine. <laughs> so I took the COVID time to basically get myself back in shape. I lost 30 pounds in that, th- you know, in, a, in, a, in about three months period. And my goal now is just to stay young, man. I've, I've you know, I've had uh, some um, death in my family too. My sisters have passed away in the last, my one sister just passed away a few months ago. Sorry. My older sister passed away a few years ago. Mm. So, and they've all died of heart attacks. So to, to me is uh, I have two beautiful kids and my goal is to live as long as I can to see them, to be able to w- walk my daughter down the aisle one day and hopefully uh, cheer my son on, you know, and whatever he chooses in life. Isn't it true that I've always said, oh yeah, um, health is everything. But when you get older and, and something, whether it's COVID, you have had the death. I've told everybody I had the gallbladder and you're sitting there, you're like, it is everything health. If you don't have that, you don't have anything. And we're getting older, Dave. And, we, you uh, and, and you're right. I mean, life is short. And um, I've learned that more with my sister passing here in the last few months. But yeah, health is everything. And in my life and my family, you know, I sat there and watched both my parents die of heart attacks. Now two of my sisters. So I think as the older we get, most of it, you either learn from it or you don't. I've, I've chose to learn, learn from those, from them. I live better. I eat better. I, you know, nice. I, I condition myself better. My mind, you know, I try to keep my mind as, as, as fresh as I can. And I do that with, with exercise in general. I mean, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, you know, being a professional fighter my entire life, pretty much, or a fighter my entire life. That's part of my, you know, it's just part of me, no matter what. And uh, I have a, a wonderful wife who likes to stay in shape herself, too. So I got to make sure I keep myself in an area where I can still beat her running. <laughs> you know? so so we we work out together a couple of times awesome. you know one day or two times a week and you know and and i have two young kids man they keep me pretty busy if you i mean you know you have a young daughter same. and we're all in the same uh, they keep us busy i mean we have to stay you know we have to like talking about condition we got to keep in condition just to keep up with them <laughs> i mean because my you know my i have my 12 year old son i mean he's he's constantly wants to fish every day or his basketball and it's like oh dude i gotta i gotta stay in shape just to deal with him <laughs> you know diamond david santos uh you were was it super featherweight was that what was your you know did you stay the same weight all the time as a pro I know it was the lightweights, but what were you? Majority of my career was a, uh, a super featherweight or junior lightweight, uh, right? That's which is 130 thought. pounds. Uh, when I first turned professional, it was funny because I did turn up pro at 130, but then of course I started going to camps with uh, Joy Gamash and and getting away from home and, and and having to eat and work out pretty much every day. I got myself down to the junior featherweight division. I didn't like myself at that weight too much. I was you know five foot nine, you know 122. I was skin bones and right. didn't feel like I. I, I would have to diet too much diet too much for it so i did so i moved up to featherweight i uh, you know and then and then did pretty well there and then i think i finished my career as a lightweight 135 so i'm nowhere near that right now though four 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 <laughs> that's okay no who is who is four wins in a row right i think you have usually got didn't you finish your career with wins on i did a win? I cre- like, yeah i think it was guys. three three or four fights in a row yeah. or something like that yeah and, then, and they, they were mainly to me they were mainly um fights that keep me that keep me busy and, and just i was waiting for one more call for another title shot um it came but the, but the deal that came with it wasn't worth it to me to, to, to put, you know, to put my, my, my life in the line for, for it. And, and, you know, I'm the one that's getting in the ring and, you know, my trainer takes time off to take, prepare me. And the promoter was just to me, was not offering me enough money for me to get in there and do it. It just wasn't, you know, and the nice part was I, I've always, you know, I've always had a job. So it wasn't like I, I needed the money to pay to eat, you know what I mean? So it was easy for me to say, you know what, I think it's time for me to walk away from the sport. You know, 46 wins I believe as a pro was it 46 couldn't you stay for for 50 like money Mayweather but no really when I was going through I'm like damn because I've known you so long how many amateur fights and then I think you were 46 and only like four or five or six losses that yeah was it, so right? I was I think I would think 46 48 and six as a pro okay. I had a hundred and I was 149 and 11 as an amateur damn um so could I wait it to a 50 sure if the money was coming I mean they would have called me money Santos but um you know that's why Mayweather. It's hard. I mean, it's hard for fighters to walk away with. if they're continuing to throw money at you. The kind of money those guys are making, 
yeah, it's hard to walk away from it. But you know what? I, again, it had it would it was going to take a good pay for me to come to do it. I just didn't, you know. To me, you know, you, when people understand when I fought locally, those are pretty much free fights. I mean, you don't you don't get paid anything to fight local fights. I mean, there's not enough money in in a gate for them to pay. You know big time money for a professional fighter i mean you know that's interesting because people don't understand that and i've always thought and until i didn't understand it's like why are all these big fights in vegas in casinos that's because the gate that's because that the fighters they can make more money right Right. the gate money the casino money which is a site fee money and you got the tv money the local fighters you're seeing here when most people don't understand they're making a hundred bucks around wow I mean, honestly, hundred bucks a round. They're putting their lives on the line for a hundred bucks a round. So they fight four rounds, and they don't. Care. They might go the whole four rounds and come out, you know, and get four hundred bucks, maybe six hundred bucks because they sell a few tickets, you know. And then they come out with uh, stitches they need, or or you know, or, or some kind of something happened. They lost money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I was going back. You a lot of times you had to fight out of this country. Did you? Did you? Know? No, that was that was what? Winky. Winky fought oh, most of his career overseas. Maybe it was Winky. Maybe it was Winky. I, I, okay, I mean, Winky the majority right, of my career, professional, early professional career, I had wonderful guy, you know, management team here and 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 backers, you know, that kept me locally. So I was able to. I think I built my record. Uh, I think twenty something and oh or something like that with local money, local fights. Again, not making a lot of money, but that, it wasn't about the money. It was about building your record and building, getting your name out there. And then I finally got offered a big fight in Miami, of course, against Joel Casamayor for a world title. And, and we took it. And truthfully, compared that type of fight today, the amount of money that fight pays today is ridiculously stupid compared to what I got. I mean, I made, you know, I think they offered me 25 grand to fight wow. one of the biggest names in boxing at that time, Joel, Joel Casamayor. Yeah. You know, and, and yes, I took it for the opportunity. I didn't, it wasn't even about the money. It was like, you know, don't get me wrong. They offered me more money. I'd say, hey, no, even better. But it was more about fighting. The, you know, I, I was getting tired of waiting around for an opportunity and opportunities. And when this came up, yeah, I fought him in his hometown. The best part is I probably had more fans at the event, at the arena than he did. We had buses that drove down there to, to support me. And I lost, I ended up losing a, a close decision to him, which I felt in my heart that I still kind of won that fight. But you know what? That's the way, that's the name of the game. But it made my name because from that fight on, it's where I got the, the other two op- great opportunities for winning fighting for world titles. So sometimes you have to take a chance, especially when you're from a small town. And I didn't want to sign a big, stupid contract with the Don Kings of the world because those were those contracts. When people don't understand, those contracts are benefiting the promoter more than they're benefiting the fighter itself. You know. So and and again, back to today. Today, that type of fight today is probably a couple hundred thousand dollar fight. Fight. I think these fighters are getting paid crazy money today. I mean, crazy money. Well, you know what? We talked about this on radio, but for those that, you know, uh, didn't hear, I kind of ask you, like being a boxing guy, being in it for so long, the blood, sweat and tears, and then YouTubers and some of these guys coming in and just making so much more money. That's got to get to you a little bit, Dave. And it does get me. And we're talking about, yeah, the YouTuber guy, the idiot guy. I mean, yeah, listen, I, I, I appreciate that you're, you built your name through YouTube, but you're not a fighter. I mean, and, 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 but I also blame the promoters to pay him money when that's money they should be going to guys who actually worked the way to earn it from the get go from amateur years through the you know through the pro ranks you know this guy decides he wants to be a, street, a fighter at what 20 something years old and learn how to I mean he can't beat any of the top 50 fighter true fighters in the world in my opinion I mean he, he what was his last fight he got I can't imagine what he got paid to fight the basketball player I mean again right, so right. We're, we're, it's become it's becoming a, it's almost becoming I don't want to say wrestling because wrestling it has a good thing going on but the way that it's all done but it's years ago people stopped boxing was kind of like set up right right you hear some guys oh man i thought you know right, I right, took right. a dive or somebody took a dive i mean this is not helping the sport <laughs> gotcha you know, i mean we have too many great fighters out there that should be getting paid right you know and i understand they gotta you know maybe we need to do more to get their name out there youtube or whatever but i mean we got this guy from youtube that can't in my opinion can't fight a right. dick and what I mean by that is, yes, he can fight anybody. You can fight any. You can learn how to fight and be tough and like fight, celebrity boxing. Exactly. Or this is not. We're talking true fighters who've earned it from the. You know, they were born with gloves in their hands, went through the amateur ranks, and and put their time in, and then and then even as pro fighters, that it, there's pro fighters out there that are still trying to get a chance, and they're you know, and it's hard because of promotions too. So what about uh, what about like a uh, Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. Now they they they've earned the right, I guess, to come back one or two times. How, how do you feel? 
about that. These exhibitions, I, you know, Holy and, and I don't mind a a a, 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 a a what's the name of the league there? Like an old man league, or you know, I got you. an older man's league. I mean, because there's times that I would, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm 50 years old. I wouldn't mind, you know. I mean, I don't know if I want to get hit <laughs> by a 20 year old guy, but you know, why did you get hit? Do by you ever want to get hit guy? as a boxer? Is it the truth? You ever? No, 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 I think that, you know, definitely the older I've gotten, the smarter I've gotten. So you don't now you, you look good, Dave. You know, your, your cor- face, you, correct, you got yeah, good no, defense, man. Exactly. So no, so I don't, I don't want, I won't pay to watch those fights. I think it's fine for them, and and that, but at least there's still true fans that'll. They're paying it because they're true fans of those fighters themselves, you know what I mean? And they're watching just because, hey, that it'd be fun to watch. I did. I watch the the Tyson and, and Roy. I did. I didn't pay for it. Just a friend of mine had it, and I say, hey, I come over, I watch it. It was horrible. <laughs> I mean, in my opinion, it was it was sparring. It was a sparring session that you know, and one was one took. And in my opinion, Tyson took a little bit more. Took it more serious than Roy did. Roy, I think, was really going into it. Hey, I'm just going to have fun, do my thing. And Tyson was looking to actually win. And in my opinion, of course, he did. You know, he did because he just did a little bit more. And can he still beat one of the top fighters in the world? No. No. Minnie's 54 years old. I think fans just want to go back to that (laughs) That, time. That time. Because we don't have that anymore. Correct. Those were fighters. Those were fights. Those were knockouts. I mean, today's heavyweights don't do that as much anymore. we're We're all afraid of getting hit anymore. Yeah. So they yeah. get into the fight. They're fighting to, to survive instead of trying to fight to win. And that's the same thing with you know with Mayweather. What makes to me Mayweather the best fighter in the world, best boxer in the world. The guy doesn't get hit, but he can win. Man, he but he wins. I mean, he does what he has to do to win fights. And 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 for some reason, that's still exciting to certain people. You know, I mean, right. uh, you know, if can you what would uh, would good fight would be would uh yeah I know he already beat Canelo once, but. Maybe what kind of fight would you see this time? Now he's been out of the ring for a while. Now I know Mayweather stays in the gym and all that, but it's different. He's been out. He hasn't really fought a real fighter since he fought Manny. And even then, Manny had a bad shoulder and still he got me prepared for it. So I would like to see, I would probably see pay to see that fight. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> Manny, Manny amazes me. You know what I mean? Usually father time. Under- it's almost like Brady. We, we underestimate that guy. I mean, at the end of the day, we underestimate that guy because yes, he's been around forever. <laughs> Man, he beat our friend. Yes. And I thought for sure our friend was going to t- probably knock him out. And, you know, and don't get me wrong, Keith had a good fight with him. Keith and it was Thurman. a tough fight for him. And but He got dropped quick, though. But that he was, got hit early. Oh. Yep. And, and that's, you know, now there's talk about him fighting Crawford and maybe Crawford knocking him. One guy saying, oh, Crawford's going to knock him out. I'm like, keep thinking that. I mean, that's what you don't understand. This guy, the one, Manny's similar to, to, to a Mayweather. When he has a... A challenge in front of him, he prepares himself the absolute best. That's the main difference between a guy, these guys that are making millions of dollars against a guy that's making a hundred bucks around. Yeah, he's still going to go to the old gym and do the same thing. Manny's going to have the best sparring. He's going to have the best conditioner. He's going to have, you know, I mean, he's going to have somebody taking care of making sure that he's a hundred percent prepared for that fight. And not saying that he that he won't lose to him or won't beat him. I think that I think Crawford is one of the toughest guys right now in that division. But I also think that there's other guys in that division will give Crawford some, you know, tough fights. I think Keith Thurman is one of the guys that's still very underrated in that fight. Just because he lost to Manny and has taken some time off, that's in a way that's kind of good for Keith because he's been fighting since he was a kid, his whole life. So sometimes your body needs that red. Yeah, sir. So sometimes resting your body. He's still young. What is yeah, Keith? Thirty? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, right. know, you know, to me for the, with the division, he's still pretty. You know, he's still one of the most. Toughest guys and hardest guys that I would want to get hit by in that division. I'm not gonna lie, and that's why I think there's not a big fight being happened. I mean, he, yeah, he's still there, but these guys are like, man, we really don't need to fight Keith. Man, he doesn't. He's gonna have to earn his way back up with a name. It's tough, so I think Keith is still someone to be, to to worry about. Was there ever just a couple more? Was there ever a time when you got in in the ring, you're getting ready for your for your fight, and you were really like scared? Ever, ever, or no? You just never have that mindset. And maybe you wind up not prepared. Sometimes you're not prepared for something. I don't think I was scared. Um, Just no. I think the older I got into my career, I was more scared of losing. I see. It's a big difference between, you know, the the, the top elite fighters. They don't, they they fight to win and they're not scared to lose. So that's when that keeps them winning. And that's what happens. I think towards the end of your career, you know, that it's getting closer. So if you lose, you're getting that much closer having to walk away. So I think I was more nervous of that happening. Um, You know, I think that, you know, a a guy in front of me had two two hands and two legs, just like I did. We had to, you know, but it was just like, all right, man, I'm prepared, but. 
I'm fighting. At that point, I was fighting some pretty good fighters. So it was like, yeah, I, I got to the point where I started thinking about losing, you know, not wanting to lose. Sure. You know, scared of losing. So I think that also, lo- that's where I lost a little bit of my edge. Instead of just going in. When I was young, you went in there. I knew I was going to win, man. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to prepare it. And then I got older and then I started fighting better fighters. Then you're like, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, yeah. Uh, so you lose a little bit of that edge and you can't. In this sport, you can't afford to lose that edge because that other guy's got it. Do you always have respect every single fight for the man that is uh, across from you in the well, ring? Absolutely. Listen, this is boxing, man. It's it's a, a, a one punch can change everything. I mean, you can trip, you can trip walking up the stairs, man. And you know what? Once and you can't cancel the fight at that point, so you might, you know, anything can happen. So you gotta respect the guy in front of you. Um, I, I respect any fighter, even Mister YouTube guy, any fighter who decides to get in that ring. You have to respect him to the point that, hey, you know, one punch can change your whole life. Um, do I respect that he wants to, he's taking money from top fighters? Right. No, but as a fighter, you know, he's trying to do it. All right, I understand. So, but if you want to do it, do it correctly. Start getting true fights and, and earn it. And then you're going to see what true fighters really had to go through to get there. And we're talking hundred dollar rounds. We're not talking thousands of dollars you're making because you're a YouTube star. Now I want to give you a little plug. If you're uh, ever coming to the Tampa Bay area, in downtown, it's called the Sundial. That's yep, what it's called, correct. the Sundial area, downtown St. Petersburg, Florida. And it's Diamonds Direct. And Dave is such an honest guy. He's been doing this so long. There's nobody better. He always gives you a good deal. Your philosophy is almost like the same as when you were in the ring. Was it not, Dave? Correct. I mean, I, to me, I prepare for everything. And I fight hard for every, I fought hard at every single fight. And in life, I fight hard to earn every, every sale I can. And to me, it's not about a, uh, making a sale to a client. It's earning, earning the respect and earning a client for life. Simple as that. Um, you know, there's a lot of stores. You can go, there's jewelry stores every corner. But I can tell you, they're not all like me or the store itself. Uh, Why? I, what I sets like, you apart? Set me apart. <sighs> a lot. A lot, actually, in my opinion. But being honest. I mean, blot out being honest and, and, and you know what, dealing with a client the way I would prefer to be dealt with. I mean, we buy, I'm, I'm a buyer, I'm, I'm a purchaser of jewelry, you know, cars. I go to the same car deal guy because he's got to make money. But you know what, I know when I walk out of there, I feel good about it. That's important to me. Diamond David Santos. Google him. When I was going through it last <laughs> night, I've known you so long. I'm like, damn, look at this. This man. And it's Diamonds Direct. And he's just Diamond David Santos. Thank you so much, buddy. No, you're very welcome. Thank you. All right. Oh, now, you notice when he was saying in that uh, interview about our, our friend Keith, 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 one time Thurman, because Keith Thurman is also from the St. Petersburg, Florida area. And I want, and I had him on a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't want to tell you guys, but he told me off mic when we were kind of hanging out a little bit at the St. Pete Boxing Club in the hood, legendary boxing gym. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, good old fashioned sweat, old school boxing gym. There's nothing like it. But anyway, we were just kind of hanging a little bit, and he told me. Uh, he goes, I got a baby on the way. I said, congratulations, brother. Nice. Way to go, Keith. And he had moved because I was kind of talking to him. He grew up in Clearwater, Florida, and he loved the area where he just grew up. Nothing special. No big man. No, no, no. He didn't come from money. And, but he, he you know, he liked the area. And he, he, I remember years and years and years ago, he had said that he was thinking about just leveling the house that he like grew up in and building a house right there in the same neighborhood. You know, he is a local guy. I, I knew a guy that worked in. It's called the. I think it's like the Long Center. It's a. It's just like the recreation center. I don't know what it's like in your town and your community, but down here they have these recreation centers. And if you show your license, it's real cheap. You know, maybe two dollars to work out, or you know, whatever, eighty bucks for the year, something like that. And even though he was big time boxer, nationally known, he still would go to this rec center and work out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I said, and then I had heard that he moved to a downtown condo. I don't want to tell exactly where it is, but they're nice. And I said, uh, you know, I, I interviewed Diamond Dave. And he goes, Diamond Dave. And he came over. He showed me a picture of Diamond Dave from the gym. 
And I said, and he really was smiling, you know, a fellow boxer from, from St. Pete. And he goes, yeah, he goes, you know what? We're, we're, we got a baby on the way. And even though we love this condo that we're living in in downtown St. Pete, uh, there's not a lot of square footage. So I don't know. You know, I got this place in Largo. I built, I gave that to my dad. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I said, oh, that's great. That's great. So I hadn't heard anything. That was a couple of weeks ago. And then I saw on Instagram oh, this past weekend, Keith did an Instagram, little Instagram video of his little baby daughter. And she's all swaddled up, all wrapped up and a little flower on over her head, you know, and he's holding this. When you're a dad and you got a little daughter like that or if it's your son, and uh, oh my God, man. And he still had the hospital sticker on. So he must have just did. They must have just had the baby over the weekend. But anyway, Keith One Time Thurman and your lovely wife, congratulations, dad. You're going to be a great dad. He is one good dude. But I just wanted to get back to the, the Logan Paul and the, and the uh, you know, his brother, Jake Paul. All three boxers that I talked to, all said the same thing. They respect the Paul brothers for getting in the ring because anytime you step in that ring, whether you're an amateur or a pro, there is respect. It's man, man on man, one-on-one. On one. You know, this isn't a, a team sport. Yeah, you got your corner. Yes, you have such a relationship with your trainer. But you know what? You're stepping in there, man. There's nobody behind you. You know what I mean? And the other guy is trying to clock you, knock you the fuck out. And I, you know, I have so much respect for UFC, pro wrestlers, amateur wrestlers, combat sports, anything like that, man. And, you know, and, I, and the boxing game, I just have so much respect. So all three of the pro boxers that I have interviewed have also the same thing. They respect any man that gets in there, but they also say that, hey, YouTube, like that's your lane. You know, now you're coming over into our world and we've done this for our entire lives. And there are, you know, and they're kind of like, man, these guys are coming in, man. They're making all that money. But it's it's America. You know, they bring eyeballs. I think it's actually okay. It's good for the sport. You know, bring it in. And now I, and you know, I saw the, the Ben Askren thing, the former UFC champion. Yeah, he had hip surgery and, but he took the fight. The guy was an Olympic, an Olympian in wrestling. And I know he doesn't strike and he's not a good stand up striker and all that, but still, man, you were 19 and two as a, as a UFC fighter and you got your ass kicked by Jake Paul. That was no freaking dive. And so he's got some power. You know, I got to give him credit. He hit him on the temple and he went, Askren went down. That, he, he knocked his ass out. So I got to give Jake Paul credit. I do, but Logan Paul now, his brother, who is 0-1, he is not Jake Paul, and he's going to fight Floyd Money Mayweather. There is no way. Now, look, I, I, I said, I be careful of this Jake Paul, Ben Askren. Be careful. And the way he looked in the weigh-in, and I know, you know, a bit like Tarzan, play like Jane. It's not how you look, but dude... That still, to me, has got to be embarrassing as hell. And I do not see any way. I'm thinking about doing a bet on this one. And I mean, I might even do something drastic. You know, you can hit me up on some comments. I'm thinking about doing something. If Logan Paul beats Floyd Money Mayweather. Now, Floyd Money Mayweather is a little man. He's, I've been up standing next to him walking, trying to interview him at the Super Bowl years ago in Miami. He was blowing my ass off. So I really didn't like him. And then I talked to a boxer who knows him, went to his house in Vegas, told me what a good father he is, you know, and I was like, okay, I'm willing to, you know, I'm not like, oh, that's my opinion. I, I, you know, I listen. I'm willing to change my mind if you can convince me. So I'm like, okay. And I remember uh, Mike Tyson on a, on a podcast with Logan Paul, and he said he's going to 
he's going he's gonna to fuck you up because he said uh, his drug, Mayweather, is not, he doesn't do booze, he doesn't do blow, he doesn't do smoke weed, he doesn't do anything. His drug is the gym. He is going to be in shape. He's not going to be looking like Ben Askren when he gets in there. I see no way, no freaking way Logan Paul, Logan Paul can beat Floyd Money Mayweather. Now, did you hear what Diamond Dave had to say there? That anytime you get in that boxing ring, you can trip on your way up. You can't cancel the fight right there. Anything can happen. One punch, one punch can change things in any fight, any fight. I remember uh, Leon Spinks' brother, Michael Spinks, years ago when I was a young reporter and I was covering a Michael Spinks fight. And I remember Michael Spinks telling us all, he's like, if you hit a man on the temple, he's going to drop. You hit any man on the right spot. There is a saw. You push in on your temple. I'm doing it right now. It's on YouTube. I wish this was. And you push in. There's a soft spot. You hit a guy in the right spot. He's going to drop. He's going to go down. So, I mean, it's possible, but I do not see it. So, I'm going to think of something besides putting money on it because I'm not a gambling man. I'm going to do something. And, and uh, maybe, maybe we'll get some headlines on that. <laughs> Another hopeful upcoming guest is going to be Antonio Tarver. Look, I'm not trying to make this a boxing podcast or a pro wrestling podcast, <laughs> but I just know these guys. And I think when you know your subject, if you know them, and you already got a relationship, I just think it comes off as a better podcast. And especially when it's in person. You know, I'm going to eventually, I can get some even big, big names out of the area and I'm, you know, do the Zoom thing, but I think there's something lost a little bit. Sometimes you talk over one another, whatever. We'll see how it goes. All right. So I mentioned early on with the NFL draft and we're getting there. And when I saw this, here's another thing. I will say no way to this. I am amazed at the love, the fandom that Tim Tebow has. Tim Tebow. You know, I I, I got in trouble one time at, at my TV station. I was saying Tim Tebow. I was just busting chops. And I heard McAfee the other day call him Tebow. I'm like, man, I used to, I used to do that. Tim Tebow. Look, Tim Tebow is an unbelievable human being. He really is. Uh, and I know that through several instances of people that I know that dealt with him and say he is the real deal. It's almost hard to believe that a guy is like, you know, damn near perfect. So I have nothing against him, Tebow. He's a great human being. He tries to make the world better, you know. But I also look at things realistically. Tim Tebow is going to be 34 years old for NFL training camp. 34. When's the last time he played? Yes, he's in great shape. But when you have not played, and look, last week our podcast was with Yo Murphy. Yo Murphy, if you didn't hear it, he trains NFL hopefuls. He had a boatload of guys that were drafted this last week in the NFL draft. And I went to his facility. And I've been there before, and I've seen him with players on the field, and I've seen these guys working out. This is the cream of the crop. They're coming off their college seasons at Alabama, at LSU, at Ohio State. They are in tip-top shape at 21 years old. When you have been out of the NFL for many years and you tried baseball, good for you. That was his dream. He went further than I thought he would go. He went to AAA. Okay, so you just you didn't you didn't make it. You you went further than I thought you would do, honestly. Okay, now you want to get back in and now you're going to try to play a position that you have not played. You're going to be going up against guys that were a tight end in college and are 21 years old and are even getting better training to make themselves even better. You're up against that. 
You're going up against defensive your linebackers, uh, DBs, corners, safeties that are at the top of their game. They're starting in the NFL. How are you going to be able to do it? And it's not a hater. And I couldn't believe it when this news came out this week where Tim Tebow reached out to Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. I interviewed Urban Meyer. and I mentioned Tim Tebow. I said, I saw this look in his eye. It's like he lo- he loves Tim. He loves Tim Tebow. Why not? He won the national. He won a couple of national championships. Tebow was his guy. Tebow was an incredible college quarterback. Yes, I know he had the touchdown pass against the Pittsburgh Steelers with the Denver Donkeys. I know. I know. I know. But if he could have helped an NFL team win and was consistently really good, he would still, he would be a quarterback in the NFL. Look, these guys are on the hot seat. They got to win and they got to win now. I'm talking about NFL GMs and NFL head coaches. You know, they're under a lot of stinking pressure, man, to win or you're gone. So if they think their guy is good enough for that spot, they're going to put that guy in. Now, Tebow reached out. I thought he probably could have had a shot maybe when he came out of college or maybe one year and you moved to tight end then. Look, he's an overachiever like he did in, you know, at baseball. I wouldn't put it past him, but he's going to be 34 years old, you know? And uh, And yes, he's from Jacksonville. And yes, he would sell merch. Yes, he would. How many seats would he really sell? And are you going to play him just to sell uh, tickets if he's not as good as other tight ends on your roster? Uh, Come on. Come on. The Jaguars are looking to win with Trevor Lawrence, who looks like he's a male model, by the way. What is it? It was so funny when we were at this NFL draft party and we had a couple of beers in us. And you see the Zach Wilson. And we were just kind of kidding. Like, he's prettier than, you know... Uh, this guy says he's prettier than my wife. He's pretty boy. And Trevor Lawrence, pretty man, you know, and <laughs> these quarterbacks, well, they got it all. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I digress. And then, so even to top it off, so Urban Meyer, now the new head coach in Jacksonville, he buys a house, three houses down from Tim Tebow in Jacksonville. And I started thinking about that. I'm like, all right, Urban Meyer, and I saw his couple million dollars and, you know, the amount of, there's always more bathrooms than they are bedrooms. You ever notice that in these in these big homes, mansions? And I'm like, all right, he's in the same, he buys in Tim Tebow's neighborhood. He buys on Tim Tebow's street. He's only three houses down from Tim Tebow. Now, what if he signs Tim Tebow or he gives him a chance and it becomes apparent at training camp at 34 years old, trying a new position, that Tebow is just, he's, he's, he's behind a little bit, you know? And he's got to make a roster move. And he needs the posi- he needs the spot, and he's got to cut him. How awkward is that, seeing him in your neighborhood, you know? It would be really awkward if he was his next-door neighbor, because when I first read the headline, it was like Tebow buys next door, or Urban Meyer buys next door to Tim Tebow. And I remember years and years ago, there's a community in Tampa Bay called Avila, a very ritzy, shishi-poo-poo neighborhood. And Warren Sapp was living, he bought a home in this neighborhood, and Tony Dungy was his head coach. And do you know that Warren Sapp, you know, he's boisterous. Uh, To this day, Warren Sapp intimidates me. One hell of a football player. One hell of an athlete. Very intelligent as well. He knows about a lot of sports. I'm not kidding you. But he intimidates the hell out of me. But I got mad respect for Warren Sapp, Brooks, all those guys. And Tony Dungy told me that Every year before the season started, he would actually write out, write, not type, not copy, not print out. He would write, handwritten, a a note to Warren Sapp on what he wanted from him this upcoming season. And he would actually go over to Warren Sapp's house and put it at his door or underneath his mat. How about that? How about that story? 
So, and you know, they were in the same neighborhood. And then I think, I believe, I believe John Gruden lived in the same neighborhood. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm just, you know, and it all worked out good, but I'm just thinking with Tebow and Urban Meyer, three houses down, you know, what's that like? I got to get Brad Culpepper back on this. I've had him on many times on my shows, but I got to get him on this podcast because he lives next door to Tom Brady, next door to uh, A-Rod's mansion. I mean, right next door, right next door. What is that like? Because when Brady first moved in to this mansion that A-Rod had, uh, no, no, not A-Rod, I'm sorry, Derek Jeter, my bad. Derek Jeter, I was thinking about A-Rod, oh my God, not enough time for that story. But anyway, Derek Jeter, Derek Jeter owned it, and then he got the job with the Miami Marlins, and he's been living down there, so he was renting it out, and he's selling it, and you know, Tom Brady came in, and and Brad Culpepper lives right neck store, and I we had Brad on when Brady just was moving in. I mean, just moved in, and he said, "I'll probably see him when he's taking his garbage out, or I'll probably see him over the fence." You know, you know what it's like with your neighbor. You know, you're gonna run into him here or there. So I got to get him on an update because he, I remember he did tell us on the show that I was on that uh, people were pulling up in their boats and, and not only their boats, their uh, jet skis and were yelling out, Tom, Tom. And Brady's like, whoa, I was used to a gated community. I'm not used to this. Now, I wonder if that died down. So that will be one of my, and I, and I actually, my wife and daughter and I were went for a Sunday stroll uh, in downtown Tampa. It's called the Riverwalk a couple of weeks ago. Really, really, they've done a beautiful job. It's right near the Tampa Convention Center. It's where they held everything. Well, it was very quiet this year for Super Bowl. And uh, it's just beautiful. And a lot of uh, bicyclists, rollerbladers, uh, you know, families, they were walking and it was on a Sunday and I had texted Brad. Now Brad's come through for me many times and I texted him when I started this podcast and I didn't hear back and he's got a lot going on and family, he's a full-time lawyer and I didn't hear back and I didn't hit him back. It's time to hit him back up again. And, uh, when we were walking, who comes by in his bike, Brad and his wife and they drove right by and I, and he looked at me, gave me a big grin Rock, I, Brad, what's happening? My man, something like that. And he went by and we kind of, he winked, smiled. So I'll have to hit him up again because I want to find out what it's been like to live right next door to the GOAT, Tom Brady. All right, you know what? I think it's time to mic drop this bad boy right now here. Um, and that's it. I appreciate it. I'm going to continue. I'm in this for the long haul. I'm in this for the long haul. So I'm not going anywhere. The rock stops here. All righty. So spread the word. Spread the word. And for those of you that have been listening, following, I appreciate it so much. I love podcasting. I love this. And uh, thank you so much. Until next week, have a good one. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with radio personalities like Ian Beckles and DJ Eakin, news and political pundits like Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochelle, and more. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.